The following program was produced by a community producer. My guest is Michael Goldman, as I said, and uh, I always think of Michael as a Maldonian, and he thinks of himself, I think, some of the time as a Maldonian. Always as a Maldonian. Oh, well, um, a, a great Malden family. Um, his brother's still active here. Malden is the dir funeral director, and uh, his father had a good, long history in Malden as well. His family did. Uh, you know, this is a, an interesting uh, show to do tonight because uh, a lot happened yesterday. It was a, a interesting day in, in my old haunts in Washington D.C. No question about it. Yeah. The capital was, uh, you know, you 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 look for days that you could mark in your life as historic, and for those people who were down there, that's a historic moment. Well, the the other part about that, I was uh, I didn't think that issue would come up to a vote as quick as it did because it was only the day before that the paper was put in. And uh, I happened to be flipping the channel uh, last night, and all, and I know the roll call was on, and so um, anyway, it was like a tight vote the whole time. I don't know if you how much of it you watched. I watched a lot of it. I I had a slightly different read. I I never thought that it would go this far into the year. The, the moment that um, uh, Kevin McCarthy, the former speaker now, uh, cut his deal to allow a single person to call for a vote of the chair, um, he was doomed. It was a stupid decision for him to make, but uh, he was desperate to be speaker. I mean, some people just need it. And uh, the day he walked in there, he knew whether it was going to be three months or six months or nine months, that the, the moment would come where uh, the renegade outsiders, in this case eight of them, uh, could chase him out of the job. So um, I'm not a big, we'll talk a little bit about that. I'm not, I, I think in many ways, Kevin McCarthy had the opportunity in the eight months to actually protect himself. But uh, in the age of Trump, uh, it's almost impossible for a Republican to reach out across the aisle. Um, as those people may not know, Malden for a long time was a Republican city. The only attorney general um, uh, Jewish Attorney General ever was uh, George Feingold. Fingold was from Malden. Yeah. And of course, you remember when you started your career, um, 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 while there were Democrats in the House, there were still Republicans in the, in the Senate. Uh, Fred Lamson was a Republican. He was a mayor and a state senator and a state rep. So the Malden certainly for your and my political life has always been a democratic place. When I worked at the House for Tip O'Neill, uh, what was interesting there was um, the Democrats controlled everything. I mean, they literally were, they, they had a huge number. But uh, George Michael, who was the Republican minority leader, and Tip were best friends. I believe they actually were roommates for a period of time. And um, uh, Tip always took care of of Michael and his people. And so you didn't have this sort of anger that's been out there since 2010 when it really started. Newt Gingrich in the 1990s and then in 2010 when Mark Meadows, of all people, came in. 
Um, so uh, for those people watching at home, the one thing I would remind them is uh, uh, McCarthy, while he dug this grave himself, um, literally um, had, um, uh, uh, unless he was willing to, to reach out and say, we're going to have um, a co-share um, so that um, um, Republicans and, and, and Democrats could be almost equal on committees, it was, it was always doomed. Well, the part that's a little confusing, and I think even to the public, to try and sift through all the, sure. the back backstage dynamics, uh, is that um, uh, first of all, when I was watching it and saw the vote tally, since since the margin between the Republicans and the Democrats is only about six difference in terms of the vote, right. and as it turns out, ironically, I think there were eight that did not vote, right. and those were people either were in a vacant seat yeah, or. Right. Uh, but it wouldn't uh, have changed the outcome, quite frankly. Well, it would have if they if if the because um, the the ones well, that didn't vote, I think for the were uh, all Republican. But that doesn't make I don't think no, that's, that's be not possible. correct. No, actually, Nancy Pelosi didn't vote, and okay. she was in, you know there's a perfect example. Yeah. Now they were, it was it people knew you needed to keep the number of people down to four. The minute the fourth person came on board. He was doomed. The fact that it ended up being eight or eighteen or thirty-eight, it's not going to matter. The reality is, is when the Democrats made the decision, and this is sort of a great historic political story. Um, the Democrats, I think, never forgave Kevin McCarthy for standing up on January sixth and say and, and say on the floor, uh, this was all because of Donald Trump. And 10 days later, he was standing next to him, basically giving Donald Trump political life again. That's really where the whole collapse started from, 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 the, from the side of partisanship. With that, enough Democrats and enough Republicans are in favor of uh, Ukraine that there was at least some thought that maybe the Democrats would save him because the next Republican speaker probably is going to be anti-Ukraine because of Trump. But what happened is this weekend, Ed, bizarrely, and, and you know, again, you're an old elected guy, uh, you know, you, you're doomed by what you say as well as what you do. He went on TV and he basically, instead of saying, I want to thank the Democrats for doing you know, basically helping me pass the budget. He basically said they tried to block it and I was able to, and it just, it infuriated. I, I spoke yesterday to a senior member of the current House, the only one I spoke to, and he said, Michael, you cannot believe how angry the members were that he stood up the day after we gave him the vote that he needed and he turned around and he attacked us. And we said, you know, you can't work with a guy like that. And that's when it all fell apart for him. Well, yeah, and, and, and the other part about that, when, as I was watching it, I had missed the beginning of it. So I, wherever the boat fell, I wasn't aware of other than they were close. Right. And then at the end, when they summed it all up, they, they then showed that of the, of the Republicans that voted for the removal, uh, were only eight. Eight of them. So, and, and that every and single Democrat. Four. They only needed four. So all you had to do was get four moderate, conservative, you know, Democrats to have flipped. But they, they stood together as a body in part because they never forgave him for, for what he, reviving Trump and especially because of what happened this past Sunday. Hmm. A lot of those guys, as you all know, when you make a tough vote like that, whether you're in the Massachusetts legislature like you were, or as a mayor, when you're you know you're you're trying to get something passed, you know, if you do 70-30, you're doing good. You know, it very rarely is it 80-20, and most of the time it's it's 55-45. So the one thing you don't want to do when you make a tough vote is to have somebody come in and say, Ed Lucy made a tough vote, and uh, you know he was a sucker for doing it, and that's basically, quite frankly, what. Uh, McCarthy did on Sunday on the talk shows. I just, I am completely befuddled as to why he thought that that was a smart political move. Because I believe if he hadn't done that, Ed, 
they would have, they, as much as they uh, resented the, uh, the, the, the pro-Trump stuff, I think they would have kept him because he's better than anything they're going to get, quite frankly. Yeah, I think the consensus was that after the fact. and uh, Well, before the fact. Everybody knew. It. No, but I mean the fact that whatever chance he had to get enough votes right, to save right. his job, he, 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 he had to rely on some Democrats and, and obviously... Uh, and, and for those people who actually paid attention and watched the vote like you did and watched some of the commentary afterwards, as you and I both know, some guys build a reputation by always being able to... For you to be able to say, I may dislike him, I may not agree with him, but I could take him at his word. And then there are guys in the political business who play the edges. They're always cute, you know. Uh, we uh, there's one person we know from the past <laughs> who played that, you know, situation. I I, I always tell the story. I won't say who it was, but a certain individual who who um, I came in on an issue, yeah. and. Uh, and uh, actually, it had to do with op ophthalmologists and optometrists. Doesn't matter what the issue was, but I went in, I brought my group in, he listened, and uh, he said, uh, give me a day, I'll tell you how I'm gonna vote. And the next day I called him, he said, I'm with you. And I said, gee, that's terrific. I said, you know, what, what in our argument moved you? Your argument? He said, I went to the phone book in Malton, I looked up how many uh, opticians there are and how many ophthalmologists. There are a hell of a lot more opticians. I went with the opticians, <laughs> you know, and that's a, that's a true, true story. So, you know, and you know that. And McCarthy is one of those guys who will tell you whatever you want to hear at the moment, and then five minutes later, yeah. you know, you can't trust his word. Um, but uh, I know somewhere my old boss, Tip O'Neill, was looking down and saying, how did it ever come to this? How did it ever come to this? We're, well, of course, that is a no double-edged sword, too, because if he had gotten some Democrat <laughs> votes, which I thought he would, because I thought that Absolutely. The, the, the leadership would say, I thought the leadership would say, you know, it's not a party issue, uh, vote whatever you want. Exactly. It, it, not like vote that. Vote conscience. But, yeah, vote but, your conscience. But the thing was, um, his, in his, he, he couldn't go to the Democrats ahead of time to, to light up some votes or at least keep them, keep them uh uh, not to be pressured to make it right. a one-way vote because that would then alienate the people he's going to have to depend on after the vote. Right, so he, well, there you go. He's he, so he, he didn't help himself either way. So uh, You know, it, it's an interesting thing, and, and it's a subset of what we're talking about, about where we are politically and where we are in this country culturally. You know, it, it's, we've developed the politics of which side are you on. And... The other side, there's no longer the sense of, I, I can agree with you on, on a woman's right to choose, uh, if you're pro-life or I'm pro-choice. You know, guns, I happen to be anti-gun, but you want to have a gun, you want to go shoot a bear, what do I care, really? You know, does it really matter? I'm, uh, um, uh, you know, I happen to believe strongly that, that you know, we should, uh, you know, Meals on Wheels and, and education programs and stuff for seniors. Other guys say, look at, I'd love to do it, but there's just not enough money. You know, we've got to defend ourselves. We've got to have water and sewer. We got, And so you can have disagreements and still be civil. But in the last five years, six years, we've lost all civility. You go to Washington now, and it's not like it was when I worked there 30 years ago. It's a completely different place. You, you, which side are you on? And you don't talk to someone on the other side. You don't go to dinner with them. You don't try to cut a compromise. If you look this year at the number of bills that Democrats and Republicans have jointly sponsored, it's negligible. That used to be how it was all the time, as you well know. Yeah. Well, um, and as it, as it goes, uh, at one time a vote as critical as this would impact your potential prospects at your next election. Exactly. But in reality, the elections in the red states and the blue states aren't directly impacted by that because right. Matt Gates, who is kind of a, a check it past and, and uh, some clouded issues, the and they're still investigating him, supposedly there's some kind of right. stuff still unresolved. He'd go back home and, he, and his personal conduct, which is one of the issues that has kept surfaced since he's been in the Congress, it's probably not going to have any any factor 
one uh, to harm him on, on the next election. As a matter of fact, I saw in the paper the other day his father is, run, is, gonna, is running for state senate office in Florida. Right. He, his father preceded him right. as the and and now is uh, going back. But 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 when we talk about this thing from sort of the big macro viewpoint, big picture viewpoint. We are a, we are a disparate con country, you know. We got we well know we had a civil war for God's sakes. You've got areas in this country where there are people who believe that the Pope uh, is the Antichrist. They don't know any Catholics. You know, we we think about Jews or or, or minorities, Italians, Greeks, but there are places in this country where there no Catholics live, and so. And so for those particular people who are of one thought process and you never have an opportunity to meet somebody who's different than you. And that's part of what Washington is about is all these people coming together from all over the country. I, I heard a guy, one of the eight um, uh, who voted, uh, Pritchett was his name, who voted for uh, the removal. And uh, the I don't know if you heard him. The reason he chose to vote against uh, his speaker as a Republican was because he Oh, he was one of the eight? He was one of the eight, and not one of the crazy eight. Not, not like Gates or Margie Taylor Greene or, 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 or Gozar, one of those people. He was, uh, you know, very, you know, seemed like a very nice man. And he said, look at that. You know, I, I was on the edge. I didn't know which way I was going to go. I was leaning to voting against the speaker, but I like him a lot. And so I, I, he called me. And he mocked my God. He, that was his rationale for why he voted against me. He said, when he called me, I told him I was praying on it. We're praying people, he said. That's my family of praying people. Now, with respect, I'm 75 years old. I've been in this business a long time. I ain't heard a lot of people in Massachusetts run on the idea that I'm, a, I'm from a praying family, <laughs> right? And um, he was insulted that he mocked his uh, reliance on God. But when he was praying, did he anticipate, uh, expect to have a, a, a one of those uh, uh, voices of yeah, being God telling him? No, but I think I think it does say, you know, I, I think that, you know, a lot of people in this country who who live, a lot of people in this area who don't know other people in the country, don't realize how deep that is, that that becomes the core. Now, I would say, what drives me, right? In, 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 in some small part, it's your, your ethnicity, and it's your religion, it's your geography, it's your, it's your experience, it, it's all those kinds, of, it's, it's what you read, whatever, but for other people, in this country, a lot of other people, the only book they read is the Bible. Well, uh, you, you know that that that's not a current pro uh, issue because it. Uh, uh, I recall a family member moved um, down south of the Mason Dixon line, and the town was uh, ten thousand people, which is a reasonably good sized population for a town. Yep. And it was in Virginia. And the, one of the first things that happened when he when he settled in was, when his neighbors came in and said hello to introduce themselves to him, the question they first posed to him was, "What church is he going to be affiliated with?" with and, absolutely, and that's hardly on your on your top of your list most times it, uh, when you're settling in. As you know, I've done seven presidential elections races, and maybe. Probably I've gone to 45 states because there are states that have no Democrats. North Dakota, <laughs> I ain't never been there. Mississippi, you know, Mississippi. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, we have black voters. Maybe even race. Alabama throw in. You know, well, you, know, you got you got you got a core of black voters who vote Democratic. Yeah. But there are some places again, Idaho. Yeah, although it, you know, speaking of Alabama, Wyoming. Uh, Alabama know. had a good, good, good senator and he lost the football right. coach. There you go, that great. <laughs> but the, 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 again, to 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 those people, they cannot understand how the godless people who live in the Northeast um, aren't driven each and every day by 
the Bible. And, but that's okay. You know, you know, the most brilliant man who was ever president of the United States, according to people a lot smarter than me, was Thomas Jefferson. Was allegedly, in terms of brain power, the most brilliant person ever to sit in the White House. And when he sent Lewis and Clark out to figure out how big is the country, and we didn't have it, I mean, in, in 1808, when he becomes 1805, when he becomes president, we don't even know how big the country is. Remember, we don't have the Louisiana Purchase. That happened during his term. So there's no Louisiana. Georgia's here. Maine is part of Massachusetts. We don't know whether there's a Northwest Passage. I mean, all this stuff sounds funny to say, but we don't know how high our Canadian border goes. We certainly don't know how low, you know, we stole so much of Mexico in the, in the War of 1848, God bless us. I mean, we, we owned a lot more of Mexico than, than uh, we have a lot more of Mexico now than we had back in those days. And, um, but when they came back with their stories of how big the country was, how huge it was lengthwise. And, and, and um, he said, it will take three, it'll take a hundred generations of Americans to fill the country. One hundred generations to fill the country. We did it in three. We did it in three because the Lucys came from Europe, and the Goldmans came from Europe, and the, and the Mendezes came from South America. We, and the, we weren't the first three generations. We weren't, <laughs> and, 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 and suddenly no one could imagine a country as diverse, you know, both religiously and ethnically. You know, I, 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 again, for you for another second, I, there's a terrific book out called The First Kennedys. And it's the story of Bridget Kennedy, who is the grandmother, the great-grandmother of John Kennedy, the president, the great-grandmother of John Kennedy. And um, when her, she comes here single from Ireland, marries her husband very quickly, that they're married for eight years, they have one son. That's the... the, the uh, Joseph? Uh, that's... Uh, no, Patrick Kennedy, oh, okay. and his son is Joe Kennedy, who is Jack Kennedy's dad. Right. The point of the story is when they die, do you know where Patrick Kennedy is buried? Holy Cross Cemetery. In? Malden. Malden, Massachusetts. And the reason was that if you were Catholic, they didn't have a Catholic cemetery yet in Boston. You could live in Boston as a Catholic. You could work in Boston as a Catholic. You could be a slave in Boston as a Catholic. But when you died, you went to Cambridge or to Malden or someplace else. I was absolutely blown away that that was the original family plot for the Kennedys, even though they never lived a day in Malden in their lives. And, you know, they were Boston people. You know, you learn that. You suddenly see yourself, wow. What a different world we live in now in terms of how we view America. Um, and, you know, again, Congress in, in many ways, because we still have only retained 435 members, in a lot of ways there are people from areas that have a lot less people than we do who um, uh, simply never have the opportunity to bump into anyone who's different than they are religiously, ethnically, culturally, you know, and, but we make the country work. It's a pretty damn interesting thing when you think about it. Well, now that they've got, now there's a void there, there's no speaker. Correct. They've recessed for a week. Insanity. What, what was your sense of now, how complicated is, is, is it going to be to find the replacements and move forward in some sort of an orderly fashion? I, I they'll find somebody, but the, the, the issue, that really is plaguing the Republican Party in 2024, 2023-2024, is the Republican Party is split between those people like um, Senate um, Minority Leader McConnell and uh, Lindsey Graham and other very, very, very conservative Republicans who believe strongly that we need to take on Putin and we need to support Ukraine 
the fact that we fighting in Ukraine right now and not one single woman or man from Malden has come home in a box because someone else is fighting that, that war for us. And what is that worth? What except, is that worth to keep except, alive? Except there are people in power in the Congress who don't consider it our problem. Exactly, and that's where, I, that's where we go to your, that's the other part of your, your issue. Uh, today, um, uh, 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 Jordan, Jim Jordan, who announced, he was the first one to formally announce that he's running, and the first thing he said is, I'm opposed to aid to um, Ukraine. Ukraine. Well, the majority of Republicans and the majority of Democrats in the House and the Senate Oops. Oh. Um, there you go. There's someone so calling in. I forgot in. to do this. That's this is okay. uh, this might be uh, President, uh, former President Trump, looking for yeah, for a donation. There you go. Um, um, I apologize. I lost where we were there. I apologize. We were talking about uh, oh uh, Jordan. Oh, so yeah, Jim Jordan. Jordan, he he's running for speaker. Oh, was he With officially the, in the bucket? Today, just this afternoon. Oh, okay. just, just he's the first one to formally announce. Steve Scalise will get in others. But the fact is, is as Speaker, um, even though the majority of people, in, on both Democrats and Republicans, are in favor of supporting Ukraine, he as Speaker can can prevent that from coming yeah. up. And that's going to be one of the two big battles. Yeah. That and the, the border, obviously. Those are the two things that... Two things about it. If he would, I'd, I'd be surprised if he, if he gets elected. But the two things. He usually wears a yellow tie for some reason. I don't know if you noticed that. It's kind of a... Uh, not that that's a, it's just, never just has any, a jacket. any, any that's, that's abnormalities. Yeah. The second thing is he should be... Someone should remind him that as, as exposed to the... To, uh, the public's perceptions as a member of, uh, of a body, particularly the Congress, whether the Senate or a Congressman, as a speaker, you run under a microscope more than any other time you haven't been in your life. And, and not everybody leads a very uh, serious well, life in their private Well, he time. had, for those people who don't know who are watching, uh, they'll be, they'll, they will resuscitate the stories of when he was a wrestling coach and allegedly was aware of uh, some sexual um, um, issues involving another coach and players, and uh, he's denied that he knew. Some of the players said he did. Um, so you're absolutely right. But that's going to be, no matter who comes up, their past is going to come up to bite him, which yeah. is why anyone with a brain doesn't run. Because, you know, he who has not sinned is better than me. You know? <laughs> Um, but again, I want to go back to the, 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 the point you were making, and that is, so what do you, the, the Steve Scalise, who I he, thought he, would have won. Which, which he indicated he wasn't interested. No, no, he's, he's absolutely in, he's got cancer. He, he was the one that was shot a few years ago. Right. Very personally popular, but a lot of the members. By a are, radical Democrat, as right. it was mentioned on exactly. TV the other day. You know, there you go, you know, yeah. radicals on both sides. Yeah. Um, um. And the, the, if they keep the rule that uh, cost McCarthy his job, which I, I am hard-pressed to know how they would change it at this point because the rules are locked for, like when you were in the, the House, you voted the rules of the House for two years. I'm not sure you can change them in the middle, but, you know. I don't think that would happen. You know, um, and so even if he, he's the one, which is why life is funny, Jim Jordan was one of the two people that chased um, former Speaker Boehner out of his job. So, so Newt Gingrich lost and was chased out. Then Boehner was lost, he was chased out. Now McCarthy's lost, he's chased out. And, but Jordan was a huge part of that. He has subsequent to that time become an insider. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me he'd give it a shot. But I, I'll, I'd be surprised if, if, if he wants it and he's physically healthy enough that it's not going to be Scalise. It would be my, my guess. 
You know, the other thing about it, in addition to his yellow tie, he haven't seen him wear his suit coat or suit Never. jacket. Well, that's him being the wrestler. The wrestlers yeah. don't wear a jacket. You know, it's a now, show. now, who was show. the presiding? Like I do, my muscles. You yeah, know, who was the presiding uh, uh, person at the, the white-haired gentleman? Yeah, a guy named McHenry, who I, believe it or not, know virtually nothing about. He's a backbencher, very, very, very close to... Um, to McCarthy, and McCarthy got to get, leave a list of names if something were to happen to him, if he was killed in a plane crash, who would become the the rule of the the rule of the house uh, is that um, uh, the speaker, whoever that he or she is, in this case Pelosi. Now Pelosi, I believe, for example, had a guy named George Miller, uh, who was a California congressman who nobody knows, I do, and George Miller would have been the person if something had happened to her. Uh, but but it, 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 it it's going to be hard for um, whoever it is when you have a big issue like Ukraine funding. And again, you've got the, you've got the Republican Senate who you're supposed to be working with, even though they're the minority party. <laughs> And, um, and, and and you're not going to support them on something they feel incredibly strongly about, yeah. which is Ukraine and Russia. And, and this is the, again, this is the, the Trump piece of this. If you and I were sitting here 10 years ago, and I said to you, 10 years from now, the Republicans are going to be the ones who support, essentially, Russia, and the, and the Democrats are going to be the ones that push for war. You'd say you're out of your mind. That's cra it's, it's all tossed in the air. It's like a yeah. salad. Yeah. But even even prior to World War II, uh, Senator Vandenberg, who was from Michigan, among Republican. others, they were they were identified as isolationists. And, and yet, when Why you critical times came, they were able to look beyond just the positions they had taken, and they were able to support bipartisan efforts. To, to totally do what had to be time. done. I, I don't know why you're picking on poor Vandenberg. Why don't you go back to Henry Cabot Lodge, who, even though his best friend was Teddy Roosevelt, who was a very pro-aggression kind of guy, uh, he's the one that uh, that killed the uh, League of Nations because uh, you know he wanted to, to pull the country back right. after World War. You know, so it, there's always been that sort of streak, but certainly. For our political lifetimes, going from, let's say, we start with Eisenhower, to be fair. We can sort of start with Truman, too, but start with Eisenhower, and certainly, you know, when Richard Nixon was president, and then certainly when, when uh, uh, George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush were president. Um, I mean, these, the, they were pro-military, pro-law enforcement, you know, pro-police, if you will. Um, and the Democrats were the ones that were considered to be, you know, the, the, the anti-war Vietnam people. Uh, but uh, Trump has flipped it all its head, and um, it's now the Democrats fighting for military funding and for police funding. And um, so, it, it, again, um, that's what makes politics such an interesting business. Is right. you, the ebb and flow. Well, I've, I've used the expression in the past about the uh, sometimes it's, uh, in the minds of the public, it's a whole business, which may well, be not far from the truth. But since you mentioned uh, what you just did, what are you thinking in terms of Trump's? Well, you, you got the crystal ball out, and what's with all these legal issues? <coughs> right. What do you think is going to ultimately happen in terms of his impact on the uh, election, or, uh, either as a nominee or? Will, now, uh, um, I will make a uh, comment on a pre-show sure. some month, months ago. I said at that time that I didn't think he would be the nominee for the Republican Party. But all indications in, on, on whatever polling has been done, his position or his status has increased. And, right. and he goes out uh, and raises money every time he has some sort of a legal dilemma. But... At some point, you just have to get. I would think you get to the point. And say, hey, we got to well, make a new, new decision. The 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 answer to the quiz question, which is exactly the right one to be asking, is in no matter what you hear on the polling, the reality is that 
he is stuck at 46. That's his ceiling and that's his floor. He, does, he rarely goes below 43, 44, 45, 46. He never goes above that. Biden's floor is 46. But Not he can really. get his hard floor. Okay. His hard floor is 46. But there are people who, even though he may not be their first choice, and he's not, even though they may have a question about his age, and they do, even though they may have you know, trouble understanding why do we have the kind of inflation we have, and, and, uh, and uh, um, it's going to take a while for the, for the money that was the billions we're spending now on bridges and roads, you know. Listen, you and I could sit here right now and go back to the tapes of your old shows from 15 years ago when Obamacare came out. In Obamacare, the Republicans ran against it year after year. We're going to repeal Obamacare, repeal Obamacare. Seven years it's going to repeal. Suddenly, in the seventh year, the polling suddenly said, we don't want to repeal Obamacare. Republicans said, I like Obamacare. What are you going to so, When was the last time you heard a single Republican say, we're going to get rid of Obamacare, right? Well, that's what's going to happen in three or four or five years when the bridges start getting built, when the money really starts to flow in, but it doesn't happen in a day or a week or a month or a year. And so Biden, Biden has to live with that at this point. Having said that, there's no question in my mind, if you said to a majority of the American people, would you like to have two other choices? No question in my mind that majority of people in both parties would say yes. That said, if my choice is between Ed Lucy and Michael Goldman, then my choice is between Ed Lucy and Michael Goldman. And at some point, I got to say, neither one may be my first choice, or second choice, or fifth choice. But those are the choices. But it's the and lesser of two evils. Is that what it no, comes it's down to? No, it's not really. It, it's it's that you just want somebody better. You just you you have an instinct that look at. I, I I've known as you know I've known Joe Biden. I ran against in 1988 when I was with Michael Dukakis. You remember President Mike, uh, Michael Dukakis? Our opponent in 1988 was Joe Biden. People forget that. I ran against him for months on the road, and um, I've never been a huge Biden guy. Quite frankly, he's fine, but he's not. He's never made my you know my me say, oh my God, I can't wait to get out there and kill for him. That said, right now, if you said to me, when you look at Biden, do you see somebody who's old? I say, I do. I see somebody who walks like me. He's, he's old for his age. He's old for his age. His knees are, he actually is in pretty good shape, better than me in bloods and, 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 and diabetes and that stuff. But his knees are terrible and his back is bad. And, and how about his mind? Well, you know, again, <laughs> I, I, Certainly, you and I have seen in press conferences he does okay. The point is, would he be my first choice? No. Would he be my sixth choice? No. But if you said to me, Michael, your choice is between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, I'm going to say, geez, I'd rather have Joe Biden because the other guys and Republicans, in a weird way, a lot of them say, I wish it wasn't Trump, but if it's Trump versus Biden, I got to go with Trump. So you got yourself a race in which one candidate can't get beyond 46. So you said what's going to happen. Is there going to be a viable third party? Is someone going to come in like McCarthy did in 1968 and shake up the race in some way? Um, and well, the chicken guy. Uh, the, the, what was his Purdue. name? Purdue. Purdue. Purdue, right. <laughs> The, uh, the, uh, he got 17% of the vote. Uh, uh, not the chicken. You're talking about Perot. 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 You get him confused. Okay. <laughs> he was the guy from Texas. Uh, right. And, and he got to. And look at, you know, there's no question in my There's absolutely no question in my mind. If you put me on a lie detector or I'm up in heaven at the gates of heaven and God says to me, who won in 2000? No one's going to ever convince me. That, that if they counted every vote, that Gore didn't beat Bush, right? But the truth is, they didn't count the Ralph, 591. Right. They should count. And 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 Ralph Nader killed him. Yeah, he got just enough votes in Florida. He got plenty of votes. He got plenty of votes in Florida, and that you know. So the answer to the quiz question is, if it's between Biden and Trump, I sleep easy at night. The minute you put in a third person, 
my stomach starts to hurt. I know in my, I, I, I've, I've seen enough polls to know that as long as he can only get 46, that's what he's going to get, 46, 47, and he's not getting a vote more than that. It's just, it's just not there for him. So, well, uh, it, it would, if there's any uh, ability to get on the ballot for the third party, which is the no-name party. Right, no, and, the, and then you have the Libertarian Party, like that's what helped. Uh, Take it a couple of percent, and then you right, get Kennedy party, running, and uh, Kennedy maybe, and then there's somebody in. else that's name is So you could, it could be, you could yeah. win with 46, 40. Listen, uh, uh, Bill Clinton, who I worked for, as you know, um, won with 43% of the votes. Because? 43, 37, Perot. Oh, 17. Right? Yeah. Uh, you go back and you take a look at, at um, 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 uh, Nixon, 43.7, Humphrey, 43.7, you know, 43.76 to 43.71, 43 million. That's all the votes. It, it, it seems amazing that could have been that few at those days, right? George Wallace. Took the rest of them. See you later. You but know? He, he would have taken votes away from Nixon. Sometimes, except away. that the, the, down south, a lot of people down the south, still in 1968, were not ready to make, that was before the big jump where the Republicans were, you know, all the senators were still from, from were Democratic. But he was, in, he was in a place to throw your vote because yeah. they were both unacceptable. It's interesting for you and me to be here and the viewers at home watching and there's there's something painful of watching Biden move that you say, geez, you know, can somebody just get him a cheer, you know? That said, you, this country is not going to vote for, for, for a guy who, and, and again, this past week, um, uh, General Kelly, who interestingly enough comes from Brighton, Massachusetts, who was the chief of staff for the president, he he came out with one of those brutal statements about the president. You know, he was his closest aide for three years, and he just said this guy is a danger to America. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine how many veterans parades did you have? You, did, did you march in in your career? as a, a counselor and as a rep and as a mayor and as a, right? I mean, to think that, that you don't look at somebody who is an injured veteran and just your heart goes out and says, somebody went out and gave a leg or gave an arm or was blown up for me so I could sit here. For him to say, I don't want to see those people ever again. I don't want, I, I, he wouldn't go to the World War I Cemetery, the only president not to visit the World War I cemetery in Flanders Field because they're the losers, they're suckers. Well, but he, 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 he said that when he first term campaigned for office and it, it, it still didn't affect the outcome. He still got elected. I agree. But that was before a lot of other stuff came in. And again, he's at 46. I'm not saying he's not at 46. Well, do you he think he's going to be grow. the nominee? I, as of right now, as of today, um, the only thing is that would stop him is if um, the field shrunk down. If, 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 if Nikki Haley can hold him to a 10-point or a 15-point difference, she could put together a coalition and, and take him out. But that's going to, listen, I will never forget in 1976, my favorite political, I've said this before on the show, the, 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 the favorite person that I ever worked for was a guy who nobody remembers by the name of Mo Udall. He was a oh, Udall, the congressman, congressman from Arizona. Arizona. The most decent, honest, I mean, every day was a joy being on the road with this guy. He had a brother too, right? He had a brother, yep, yeah. who was Stewart, who was the uh, interior secretary. For, that's yeah. a good pickup, very yeah. good pickup. The point is, when, when he ran, there was no Iowa. It was New Hampshire. And Jimmy Carter made Iowa, the caucus, an event. We didn't even go to Iowa. 
Carter won Iowa, and he was able to, you know, no one, no, he was at 1%. 1%. He, was, he wasn't a serious guy like my guy. My guy was in second place the whole way and, and always had 20%, 22, 23. And he carried a suitcase off the airplane. So that's and there you go. You know, <laughs> turned out to be our greatest post-president, I will say that for him. But, you know, I mean, the, the point is you never know in the dynamic of a race whether something's going to happen that changes that dynamic. And um, uh, again, uh, the, 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 my favorite one of all time, the, the best bar bet you can make guaranteed to win is to go in and say, who won the New Hampshire primary in 1968? And 90% of people who remember there will say McCarthy. McCarthy beat Johnson and Johnson dropped out. The McCar fact is, no, is no, Joe Mac uh, uh, Eugene McCarthy. Okay, yeah. Right? And, and Johnson was unbeatable, and McCarthy went in, and he slew the giant. The truth is, McCarthy goes to New Hampshire in December of 1967, literally three months before the primary, puts his name in, and gets his name on the ballot. Johnson never even put his name on the ballot because no one was running against him. He didn't think it mattered. And March comes, it's after the, the famous Tet Offensive, which was perceived by Americans to be a loss for us. Johnson got 58% of the people to write his name in. To write his name in. McCarthy got 42% of the vote. Half of the people who voted for him voted for him because they wanted the war to end. And half the people voted for him because they wanted Johnson to increase the war. So it wasn't even, but, um, you know, since he was only supposed to get 20%, you get 42, you're a big winner. Next thing you know, Johnson's out of the race, and you got Bobby Kennedy in it, you got McCarthy in it, you got Humphrey in it. So th there are a lot, of, a lot of things that could happen between now and when Haley has an opportunity, maybe. You think she's a strong at this point? She's strong. She is, and they'll muck her good. They'll make you, you know. They'll they'll talk about her her past. They'll try to make her out to be, you know, um, uh, as they always do with women. Um, uh, the, the, the 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 Trump people are already talking about things, you know, which I will not repeat on the show. But they'll come out, and um, but I think she looks like a grown up Ed, and I think she looks like she's physically able to do the job. And I think she's an interesting choice for the Republicans to say, we don't hate women. She's a pro-life woman, obviously. Well, uh, she, not quite. She oh, she's pro-life. Well, you know, she, she, she allows, uh, Yeah, well, she, you know, yes, yeah, you know. Uh, first trimester. Uh, first trimester, you know, I don't think, 15 weeks, I think, is what, what it is. But the, the point is, is that she certainly is not someone that scares Democrats the way well, she got a decent resume too. So, she got an okay uh, resume. Uh, she governor, and uh, you know, yeah. I mean, is she my favorite person? No. Do yeah. I think she'd be the best president in the history of mankind? No. Do I think she could win? I do. Yeah. You know. Now, does it matter who, uh, uh, if the if the uh, which I assume is going to happen if Biden is the nominee, that the uh, vice president is, is uh, any help at all on the uh, with the Democrats? I learned the lesson in 1988. We thought we had struck gold because of Dan Quayle and couldn't spell potato. And what I discovered, and this is how you get smarter, is people vote for the president. They don't vote for the vice president. Quayle made, uh, had no impact at all. Mondale had no impact at all. Um, uh, Cheney had no impact at all. Uh, the truth is, they're voting for one, which is why when we talk about the way Biden looks physically, uh, it, it's 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 tough for the Democrats. That said, again, it's it's not a matter of whether I want Superman or Batman. It's whether who are the two names on the ballot, and I have to make a choice, and they may not be my favorite two. Um, do you remember uh, the guy who was uh, Oliver North, who was the guy that got caught up in the Iran-Contra scandal? What was the name? Oliver North. Oh, sure. Right. 
So Oliver Noor. Where is he now? I mean, uh, <laughs> he he was the head of the NRA for 20 minutes and then yeah. he blew the place up. <laughs> but he ran against Lyndon Johnson's son-in-law, um, who had been an army. If you remember, had been an army guy and all that. And he got caught getting a rub down from a from a, uh, a Playboy model. And it was a, one of the dirtiest races. A great, there's a, actually a video you can get on on on, on Amazon. Well, remember about the perfect all, campaign. All or not, there he ended up putting a, a, a security alarm system it's in his a, whole in his whole thing. There, <laughs> the, 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 he didn't pay for it. Yeah. The, the 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 point of the story is is that <clears throat> this video, which is called the perfect candidate, has two wildly in perfect candidates. And the question is, which of the two people had the least number of people who couldn't pull the, and it turned out to be uh, to be North lost. The next time out, uh, Lyndon Johnson's former son-in-law lost the race, he never yeah. was in politics again. Yeah. So it, it's not a matter of, of, I got a good choice or a bad choice. Sometimes you got a bad choice and a worse choice, and you go with the bad choice because it's better than the worse choice. Well, one other little thing that to, just to throw out uh, on uh, Vice President Pence. Yes. One of the people supposedly, and I recall when he was in this dilemma relative to uh, his, his authority, he called Quail. Quail. That's yeah, right. who Absolutely. advised him to do what he should have done in the first place. And I, I should say that I, I met Quail once in my life. And I've got to tell you, I came home and I said to my wife, I am totally, I was totally shocked because he was absolutely nothing like I had imagined him for 40 years. He was articulate, he was pleasant, he was good looking, he was funny. Um, uh, I always thought he was a dope because yeah. that's how they, they portrayed him and he couldn't put a sentence together. And he was one of the most pleasant people. Now, again, would he have been my first choice of president? No, but he was certainly not what my image of him was. Wasn't didn't he misspell tomato or potato or something? Potato. <laughs> potato. By the way, uh, speaking of uh, uh, articulate, Matt Gates is is extremely articulate. Yep. Yep. When you Quick. not only last night when I was when he was being interviewed, another occasion, he's asked a question. And he, his sentences, nomination, subject, you know, there's no pauses and there's no ah and, and me. And what, I mean, he re, and even last night during all that forum that was going on in the Congress, he stood there and rebutted people, and and he's extremely well spoken. And he, even the, even though half of what he says, yes. is is yeah, yeah. bananas. Yeah. You know, again, it 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 it's. If you if you say it well and you say it enough, well, then you're going to people are going to there you go. Yeah. You know you just you yeah. just keep repeating the same, uh, you know the same lines over and over again. Again, I I am always amazed, and I heard him last night again, talking about it's in the, the 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 you know trillion dollar uh, deficit, the trillion dollar deficit. Well, you voted for it when you know it's a huge portion of that is. Trump's. I mean, yeah. Trump increased that 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 our our debt. Ser I guess it's debt service more than the other forty three presidents combined, right? But he talks about it like it's it's, it's Biden's yeah. fault or the Democrats' fault. Yeah. So now a change of pace. Yes. The poor, poor, unfairly treated Senator Robert Mendez from well, New Jersey. He's a victim of of an overly aggressive criminal justice system. Yeah. Um, because I would think that most people, as a practical matter, would have uh, gold bars in their in their closet, and uh, I have them. You have I'm them. Do you I, also I have an unlimited them. number, hundred dollar bills. Yes, in various jackets. And, uh, well, anyway, yeah, um, so. <laughs> there's over thirty co-Democrats at this point, which is more than half of all the Democrats. want him to resign. And Which I'm surprised about. Usually they 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 they, they, they just stick their head in the sand when it's one of the you know guy you have to work with, yeah. and you say let the criminal justice system back. But this is so egregious. It's so it's just yeah. It's for far more complicated and, and, and not to his advantage in his last indictment. But um, 
I just wonder whether at this point he's trying to maybe do a, use it as a bargaining chip of because uh, his lawyers are going to say, look, the evidence is there. The money's been there. You're you going to have to do time. Uh, you know, they're not pesos from Cuba. Those are, yeah. those are $100 bills. So I like the best what I like is what he said. You don't understand culturally. My my people, you know, we yeah. cash. You know, he's born in New York City. Yeah. yeah. What the are you talking about? It's, you know, it's yeah. not like you're your father, yeah. you know? Yeah. But no, no. They, listen. Um, if you are his lawyer, you want him to continue to work. So getting a paycheck, staying in the Senate, getting a paycheck, you know, you know, waiting this thing out. It's going to take him, you know, a, a good year, year and a half to work through all the stuff. In the end, he'll stand there and say, "I was stupid. I did something dumb. I'm embarrassed." And he'll do two years. He'll yeah. do three years. Yeah. He was know? almost an agent, from what the uh, reports have suggested. He was literally almost an agent for Egypt. Egypt. Yep. And the other thing is kind it was of... The new, it was the wife he found in the grocery store. Don't go to grocery stores, Ed. Because yeah. you find a woman there and she leads you astray. Yeah. She's a, uh, she oh, no, no, an IHOP. Was it an IHOP? She IHOP. Was an IHOP. Yeah, right. yeah. You know? yeah. But as, one thing's sort of interesting about that is uh, historically... When congressmen have actually gone to the point where they the like the ass scam or Absolutely, whatever, of course. Uh, when they've been indicted and convicted, whether they be in the House or the Senate, that whatever punishment they get, that if they qualify, they ultimately get have been get their they get their pension, do which doesn't seem to make any sense in, okay. at all. Well, the the, the guy who who is the uh, famous uh, uh, handler for uh, Whitey Bulger, who just got out of jail. Oh, oh uh, yes, Connolly. Uh, call, yeah, he gets Connolly. a he gets a pension uh, from where? A, from the feds, from the years he was an FBI guy. He gets his FBI pension. Well, that's the other thing because because he was retired, he had already gone to work for the electric company, so it didn't have anything to do allegedly. Oh, I see. Okay, but even in the past, there have been often. FBI people who have been indicted and convicted of crimes, and uh, well, the um, the master spy. Yes. Uh, uh, yes, they gave his pension to his wife, so that uh, here he is um, giving away, and, and he was involved with identifying undercover agents right. that America has in Russia, and, and, and they executed those people, yeah. and, and he was, it was because he, he alerted them to who they we, were. We we have a very difficult situation in the in, in our laws and in, in the court system in determining whether punishment should be retroactive. So you work for, let's say, 30 years and you work for the post office and you retire in good standing and you decide you're going to run for city councilor in Malden, right? And you're in Malden and somebody offers you a bribe, you know, for a project, let's say. And, um, and you take it and you get caught. The question is, is should you lose the pension you legitimately earned, should your family lose that? You know, at one time I really believed that you should. I did, I really, you know, as I grow older, you know, you see people, you know, the families, you know, it's like like you say, it goes to the wife, it goes to the children, it goes to whatever, but, but you're not wrong. And it certainly makes people believe that the system is, uh, is uh, a terror is 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 corrupt. Well, and, and uh, I they, hate that. I, I it just it, it hurts my stomach to think about. Yeah, it. and a little bit of time left. That's interesting because years ago, if you were indicted and convicted of of a, of a felony Plus, related to your job in Massachusetts, you, you not only lost your pension but yeah. you lost your contribution, which Absolutely. was totally out and fair. And there were several speakers of the House who were in that situation. Yep. yep. But that law has been changed, which is only reasonable. The penalty for loss of pension is is more than enough if, of the of, of, of some punishment. Uh, whatever happened to all those policemen in Boston who who had papered up the well, overtime? None of them lost their the pensions. pensions. And of, they didn't. Even, I, I don't know how half the time if they I, gave the money back. I will. So I will all you all we can say at this point is you do the best you can, look in the mirror in the that's morning, it. and if you can look at yourself and smile, and I think and that's most have a of, good day. As you know, that's most of the people you work with in your career. Yeah. Most of the guys were basically good guys. 